You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. It's great to be with you on a beautiful, I believe, soon-to-be spring morning in the South, David. I think last night, uh, I hope we had our last touch of winter with a little chilly rain and uh, did you did you awaken to the thunder last night i did i say was still awake when the thunder was going on but then i fell asleep but i did yeah. what i did awake and i drove out of my driveway was the crocuses popping out of the ground <laughs> uh and I i'm very excited to see that that, that made me very happy this morning uh, one of them even had a little yellow bulb on it and i I'm, think we're a little premature i don't know they were going to be in the 60s all week and it's going to be a beautiful beautiful spring i can just feel it already Global warming is on its way. You should be happy about that. Um, David, I don't know if you heard, but there was some very interesting news over the weekend. While I uh, was uh, driving on the uh, Santa Monica Freeway in L.A. this weekend, having just left uh, a continuing legal education seminar where I was the keynote speaker, uh, uh, I was just listening to CNN, and all of a sudden... Popping news comes out that uh, Justice Scalia was found dead in uh, in, a, in a hotel bunk no, ranch he, somewhere. He, he, no, he was at a ranch in Texas. Ranch. Well, you know, it's a hotel yeah. ranch, but it, that the way they describe he was in the presidential suite of the quote ranch. <laughs> this is this is not like a ranch that you might have on. No, it was. You well, it was in the, in come on, this is a country. big. Honk and spread. I, listen, very if anybody home. knows ranches in Texas and New Mexico, I can assure you that I do. Okay. And I have a question. This is a large. Let's, let's agree that it's a large ranch. A large ranch. Well, not. I don't think it's as big as my uncle's, but that's neat. Well, no, no, I'm talking about. I'm not talking about. This, it's only thirty thousand acres, so yeah. it's kind of small. But the bunk. Let's call it the yeah. bunkhouse area was not your no, normal no. easy bunkhouse. Well, uh, but I do have a question. Sure. As you know, I'm I'm from Texas and. Uh, in fact, I've hunted that area before, but not necessarily on that <coughs> ranch. But with that being said, I, I was also uh, diverse in my employment during my college years, and one job that I had was a, as an EMT, uh-huh. and uh, enjoyed it thoroughly, and, and I sort of wish I'd gone that route. But anyway, I didn't. So, but with the exception of a hospital death mm-hmm. in Texas. Now, maybe the law has changed, but any other place that a person died, there was a mandatory autopsy. Yeah, I don't think that's the law anywhere anymore. Uh, you know, there wasn't, it, there wasn't a slam dunk natural well, death. Well, we all know that Leonard Nimoy had Antonin Scalia killed. <laughs> Uh, because not, he is not, the current head of the I'm, Illuminati. I'm not saying he faked any his own conspiracy. Death. <laughs> I'm not saying anything other than... Oh, my God. Tell uh, me you're not I'll listening to it. Alex Jones. Please, David, tell no, me you're not listening I to Alex Jones. I don't listen to anybody. He was an old, fat Italian who died of a heart attack. Well, they're even saying it wasn't a heart attack. Well, whatever. Nobody. There's no such thing as natural, natural death. You know, but here's the reality. He's dead. He's dead. He's Absolutely. dead. Whether uh, Hillary had him killed or I, it was I'm Alex not, wait Nimoy. A wait a second. Wait a second. Leonard Nimoy. I never, I or never I, said that. I, it could have been Donald Trump, I honestly, never said to get his anything. sister on the Supreme All Court. All I said is even Kennedy being shot and with holes in his head, they did an autopsy. You know, all I'm saying yeah, is... I, yeah, that may have been Texas law 50 years ago, but it's quite clear in almost any state of the country the autopsies are done at the... 
behest of the of the coroner and or the sheriff uh, and the family. Uh, and if the family typically doesn't, I know my dad died; he didn't die in the hospital. Uh, they want an autopsy. No. So at least in Georgia, it's not; it's completely voluntary up to the family. Uh, and uh, you know, the reality is he was probably not exactly in great health. I mean, mentally he was clearly all there, but physically he was a big guy. Yeah, he was a big guy. And you know, you're that big when you're almost eighty years old. You're, you know, you got to tell me there's heart disease or stroke possibilities or aneurysm possibilities all over the place in a body like that. Well, so. I I just think it, because of his position, and, and it has nothing to do with. In fact, it, it could be, and I would think he would. Be I will tell you, I a was promoter. a little surprised there was no autopsy. Personally, I was like, hmm, that's odd. Uh, but uh, I mean, I'm not, he, I, he I don't buy almost, into the whole conspiracy thing. There isn't a conspiracy for everything. Didn't didn't say that at all. I'm just saying, even in his position, I think he would have said, maybe I can help if I have if I have a, a coronary disease. That having an autopsy. Just like you said, he was overweight or looked overweight. That he could help somebody else by saying, "Yeah, I was uh, reduced." So you know, I, I was a little surprised, but nonetheless, he's passed away. Yes, I, and it, what a huge surprise! I mean, you know, you thought Ginsburg would go first or Kennedy? They both appear to be long. Oh, I, I thought Ginsburg was. She's like eighty-four, isn't she? I thought she was just a poster sitting in a chair. <laughs> she was his best, one of his best friends, apparently. Uh, yeah, uh, I was. I found that entertaining. You know, yeah. this is the one thing I like about Scalia uh, in the context, and 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 he is much to be admired in many ways. Uh, but he could be friends with anybody. It was a very interesting story that came sort out. Sort of like me. No, he could be friends even with you, David. I mean, it, uh, but an interesting story came out. Uh, he was having uh, lunch, apparently, with uh, David Axelrod, uh, who ran Obama's campaign, as you know, uh, around the time that the first opening came up while Obama, uh, which he ultimately filled with, with Sonia Sotomayor. Um, and uh, apparently, uh, Skilly leans in and says, you know, can you get a message to your boss? He's like, it's not my boss anymore. I don't work for him anymore. But can you get this message to him? Sure. I think Elena Kagan would make a great justice. Now, how did he know Elena Kagan? Elena Kagan had argued cases uh, and was a solicitor general for the Obama administration. Very smart woman. You might not like her politics, but why would Scalia say that? I mean, Scalia says Scalia knew Obama's not going to appoint. He says, well, I know your boss is not going to appoint somebody like me, but why would he want that? Because he loved the intellectual debate. He loved the stimulation. Did you know him and Kagan actually went hunting together? Yeah. I, I found that very interesting. What I, what I, I like about that, and that's, that's, that's what I really like about Scalia, that I think that's probably most admirable about him, is that he could, he could disagree with you politically. He could disagree with you, your fundamental belief system, but he could like you as a person. And he could respect you as a person, respect your beliefs. That's not always the case in the political arena, as we learned on Saturday <laughs> night, uh, the Republican debate. Um, and I just thought it was really interesting uh, that uh, to hear about his relationships with uh, uh, the notorious uh, RBG. Uh, that's what they call Ruth Bader Ginsburg, apparently, the notorious RBG. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and uh, Justice Kagan. I thought that was very, very interesting. Didn't talk about going, him going shooting with Alito. I don't know why. Maybe Alito doesn't shoot things. Who knows? Um, but uh, I feel bad. I feel bad for his family. Sounds like he was a great family guy. Nine kids, twenty-eight grandkids. I mean, I feel I feel sorry for his family. My condolences to them. It's interesting, um, but it didn't it didn't take either party, particularly the Republicans, very long to start shouting out about what's going to happen next. So apparently, within an hour of his death, uh, some uh, some senior GOP staffer in the Senate said something to the effect of, "Well, we're not going to we're not going to confirm any of Obama's nominees." And, I mean, literally, the guy's dead an hour. 
At least they're announcing it. Apparently he was dead during the night. But, he, you know, as the death is announced an hour later, the, the, the GOP is shouting out why Obama shouldn't, uh, shouldn't fulfill his constitutional duties and why the Senate's not going to fulfill their constitutional duties. I just found that, wow. I, know, I, was I, thinking, I wonder how long we're going to wait. Until, I was in the car, David, thinking, how long are we going to wait uh, until we can talk about a replacement. Literally an hour later, they're talking about it. It's like, yeah, my God. Know, uh, it was like wow. uh, Johnson, I think his name's Johnson on Fox, the attorney, um, was talking today. The Republicans <laughs> have have uh, figured out a way to shoot themselves in the foot. I, I, it's amazing. Uh, with anything. I, and and like Johnson was saying this morning, the best thing that the Republicans could do is do nothing, say nothing. Just say nothing. And then, and then as We will time, consider all nominees in their due course. Yeah. Period. Thank you very much. Have End a nice of story. Day. End of story. There all is right. no story at that point. Now you've turned Republicans. They've turned themselves into the big bag ogres who don't want to fulfill their constitutional obligations. Oh, it's, it's, I don't think they're Republicans. I think they're they're insider Democrats. Oh, no, David. These are <laughs> definitely Republicans. Uh, you know, it, it, it's like anything else. What do you define as a Republican? I mean, if you think Reagan is a Republican, is Reagan currently a Republican? I don't know. I mean, maybe not. I think in some of his stances, particularly on immigration, as we all know, he'd be thrown out of the party today. So, a little unclear. We do know that Reagan uh, got a got a confirmation done in his last year in office uh, with uh, Justice Kennedy, uh, and I think that uh, followed the the uh, the Bork. Uh, well, Bork was in what eighty six, eighty five, eighty six. When was when yeah, was Bork was uh, Bork, when uh, he was rejected. That's right, uh-huh. Bork, and then the other guy was Ginsburg was rejected, and that's when. Um, is that when Kennedy came in, or is that when that when Scalia came in? I forget no, how the order uh, there. Uh, uh, I'm trying to say Russell, but it wasn't Russ. Uh, what was his name? He was Chief Justice. Uh, oh, Rehnquist. Rehnquist. Yeah, but that was he made Rehnquist the Chief Justice, but he had to replace Rehnquist's spot, and that's when he tried to get Bork on, and Bork got. Is that, is that when he got Bork? I, it's a little. I've got to go back and look at the dates, but I just found it very interesting that um, the. The, the shouting and the the, the climax of, of Justice but Scalia's then you go death. Back to look at Schuler and what he said in 2007. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff said. Let's go back and look at Senator What's-His-Face, who said in 1863. Yeah. I mean, people say all kinds of things, but the reality is they, in fact, did the vote. <laughs> you know, they did the vote. And what, that's what offended me more than anything about McConnell. We will not even bring it up for a vote. That's crazy. Reject the person. Look, we're rejecting this person because, yes, I know, we confirmed uh, Judge uh, Shri Srinivasan 97 to 0 uh, three years ago, but this is a Supreme Court justice we're talking about, and his views are too radical. We, we, we all vote against it. They okay, don't we vote against it too, then. They don't you know? even have to say too radical. We're just against it. Just, you don't have to say why. So just against. But here, you know, this is why. This is probably one of the worst things that could happen to the GOP. At this election, when you think about it, the timing, really couldn't have been worse for the GOP in many ways. Now they're gonna they're gonna ride the, in the primaries. They're gonna ride the wave to say, oh, "Here's who I would appoint. Here's who it would be. Here's what I'm looking for. Vote for me because I can get a Supreme Court that's conservative." But you know, all that's irrelevant if Obama puts up a centrist. Perhaps a strong minority. Oh no, David, you can watch this happen. This is gonna be really interesting. Um, He'll never do now, it. Obama, while, while the Republicans can screw this up easily, 
Democrats could screw up a one-car parade. So you're right. Obama could put up some wild-eyed liberal. That's quite possible. I don't think he's going to do that, though. I think he's going to go, what best helps my party in the next general election if that person is not confirmed by the Senate? Because here's the reality. Obama knows that even if the Democrats controlled the Senate, and even if they did the nuclear option and got rid of the filibuster, his chance of getting a wild-eyed liberal to replace the wild-eyed conservative, there's no just no doubt about it, because you know, Scalia was the heartbeat, was the leader of the conservative faction of the Supreme Court, right? Nobody's, I mean, clearly. So you're going to replace somebody from the far right with somebody from the far left. Very, very hard to do. Very, that, that far right, that far left, that's Ginsburg's seat, Okay. So you got to replace. You got to put somebody in there who's a little more moderate, so to speak, if you're smart. Because if the public goes, well, no wonder they didn't they didn't nominate, they didn't prove your guy. He's a wild eyed. She's a wild eyed liberal, but he puts up some centrist dude who really has no controversial opinions and really hasn't done anything weird. Uh, I think the public goes, wait a second, why is the Senate doing their job? This is this is no big deal. This is uh, this is nothing that um, uh, really affects uh, uh, the 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 court going forward. It's just a centrist, right? They could go either way. Let's come back and talk more about. It. I think this is fascinating because really, as it affects immigration, let's come back on the immigration hour on America's Web Radio. Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración o asuntos que tiene que arreglar, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Tenemos más de 50 años de experiencia haciendo las leyes de inmigración y defendiendo a los inmigrantes. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611 o al www.immigration.net. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Whether cruising the strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. David, it's uh, it's uh, good to be back with you again after yeah. a, a missing last week. I do apologize for that to all our listeners as well, but I was unable to be here because of some crazy stuff going on at work, and uh, it's good to be back here today. Uh, David, I am thinking about the Scalia uh, death and the now 4-4 makeup of the court with, with essentially our, um, let's say, three rock-solid conservatives, four rock-solid liberals. It's three, one, and four. 
Right, and then one m- middle, Justice yeah. Kennedy, right? So it's 3-1-4. Now, when, when this case first got taken by the Supreme Court, do you remember what my prediction was on the outcome? Perhaps you don't remember. I thought it would be either 9-0 or 7-2 in favor of getting rid of the Fifth Circuit's position on this, solely based on the issue of standing, whether Texas could literally just make up standing, hey, we got to give out driver's licenses. I mean, I, I think the Supreme Court's going to toss it on that. I still believe that. But then when the Supreme Court said, hey, uh, we want you to talk about the take care clause. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, the take care clause. Who do you think that came from? The liberal justices on the court? Not a chance. That came out right out of Scalia's mind. I want to hear about the take care clause. I want to hear how, because Scalia has questioned and on several different occasions, the Obama administration's DACA action uh, in the Arizona cases. So uh, with Scalia's passing, I think the take care issue is irrelevant. There's just not enough votes on the court to use that as a basis for anything. Um, so take care issue goes away. That's not an issue anymore. So now we get down to standing. It's a standing issue to me. Does the state of Texas have standing? I think it's still... An 8-1, at best, 5-3 decision for Obama. I, I think, when people talk about this, it's going to be a 4-4. What, you think Kennedy is going to flop over on this issue? Really? I, I just don't see Kennedy here finding that Texas has standing based upon his prior decisions. I, I just don't see it happening. And the Supreme Court always takes, as all do federal courts do, they will resolve an issue on non-constitutional grounds, if they can, before they resolve it on constitutional grounds. So, and what that means is basically they always use a constitutional argument as the last resort, never as the first resort on a case. So if there's some other reason they get rid of a case, they will. That's easy here. It's a standing issue. Uh, so I think this, this, this Justice Scalia's death actually has zero impact in the con- in, in what's going to happen. I, I think they would have won anyway, but I think it actually has a greater impact on Obama prevailing on the DAPA and expanded DACA arguments than otherwise. But you know what's going to happen, David? We're going to know pretty quickly. Uh, the Supreme Court has a couple different options here. They, uh, they have not heard oral argument in the DAPA case yet. Uh, they could defer oral argument in that case to next year, or they could hear oral argument in April decide that they want to make a decision and rehear the case next year. Now, either, you know, if they decide to rehear the case next year or they vote 4-4, of course, the Fifth Circuit opinion stands only in the Fifth Circuit, which is important because there's an opposite decision in the in the D.C. Circuit that found that there was no standing on uh, and there was no violation by the Obama of these rules. Um, so it's interesting to see how that will come out. We're going to know within a couple months. What's fascinating is the number of cases that have been argued to the court Four, in which there is now no decision. And they may even have, typically what, as I understand it, after oral argument, they go back in the room and they say, how do you vote? You know, boom, boom, boom. And then the, the most senior justice has the option to write the opinion on his or her side or the Senate his or her side and can then pass that down to other people. Uh, so clearly on their cases they've already heard, uh, Scalia's voted, but his vote's irrelevant at this point because the opinions aren't issued. So that vote goes to the wayside. So if there were any 5-4 votes, those are those are either going to be held over to the oral argument next year, uh, or they're going to be uh, issued as 4-4 decisions on that case only 
with no precedent value. Um, I'm, I'm, there's a couple of really interesting cases that have been argued. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that there was already oral argument on the Texas um, UT case related to uh, um, affirmative action. I think that was already argued. And I believe the Texas case on abortion clinics was also already argued. Uh, so I'm, it's curious to see what will happen with those two cases. Uh, Scalia was, well, I think, primed to strike down uh, the, the affirmative action and, 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 the, and uphold the abortion laws, uh, which would be reversing the decision in the, in, the te- in the Fifth Circuit, oddly enough. Fifth Circuit goes both ways on a lot of these issues. Um, so I think this could be fascinating from, from a legal historical point of view of fascinating outcome. What's tragic about this is there has never been a vacancy as long as the vacancy that the, the Republicans are proposing on the Supreme Court. Because if they say we will not vote on a nominee while Obama is president, that means the new president would nominate in next January, late January. You've got to figure 90 days before a vote. So now you're talking well, you're talking about 14, 15 months with no justice. And remember, they, they hear cases starting in October. So their term ends in June. New cases come up in October. I mean, this, this actually does a lot of damage to the country by not allowing the Supreme Court to have a full functioning odd number of members. Now, if another justice dies, you've got seven votes, well, then you can do whatever you want. But when you have that even number, the court's simply not designed to operate on even although there are you know there are very few five four decisions, I mean they just are. Um, I, I thought the number I saw a couple days ago was something like three to five percent of the cases are five four decisions. Most decisions are not decided by a one vote majority. Some of the important ones have been over the last several years, but not 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 a majority of them. Um, so it's really interesting to see what will happen as they go forward um, on the issue of immigration in the court. Uh, there was, I believe, one other immigration case pending. Uh, and I don't think that's been heard yet either. So, and that, I don't think that has a chance of being a five-four decision or four-four. So, I'm sure they'll hear that case. I I believe this is going to be an interesting time over the next little while. You know, I was interested in hearing something from one of his clerks, uh, Scalia's clerks, mm-hmm. uh, and he he expanded on it. Was that from the time he, he what went into uh, the court in eighty six? Yes, eighty six. Right? It was thirty, almost thirty years. Yeah. Um, that literally, when he walked in the door, he started asking questions, yep. and that prior to that, the justices have set had sat there, heard the arguments, never said a word. Well, there wasn't a lot of questions. There. He was a very aggressive questioner. Yeah. And I and and but at the same time. It seems as though he taught the other justices did, clearly, to do the same. Clearly, he did. He he, he, he had a lasting influence on the court. Apparently, other than Clarence Thomas, who just never asked a question. Yeah. Literally, I think he's asked three questions in his entire twenty-eight years in the court. Um, so I'm finding it fascinating that uh, he does have a lasting legacy. But think about this: this option. This is going to be a political issue, right? The longer Obama's going to nominate somebody, probably the end of the month, early February, March. Who's that going to be? I don't know. Let's say. He nominates Loretta Lynch. You've heard that, obviously, Loretta Lynch, who was just confirmed by the Senate. Um, she's been vetted. Everybody knows her politics. Uh, you know, I'm not going to confirm to vote for a black woman for the Supreme Court. Wow. Does that generate votes for the Democratic nominee? Yes, because it gets people out to vote. 
gets people out to vote. Wait a second, you're not going to let Obama have Slytherin Lynch, the first black woman to serve on the Supreme Court? Oh my goodness. But also, if he did that, he would have nominated three straight, three women in a row to be on the Supreme Court. Very interesting uh, analogy, but really, about time, the numbers should be pretty even on the Supreme Court anyway for men and women. So that would be really interesting. Um, what if he nominates Sri Srinivasan, who is a real centrist in many ways? Uh, but that actually would be bad for immigration. You know why? He actually did immigration law for a while. Uh, he was involved in many pro bono cases on immigration, and he'd probably have to recuse himself when there were cases before the court. Is he the... Uh, uh, he's an uh, Indian American. Indian in, in D.C.? Yes, in D.C. Uh, there's a couple other D.C. justices out there. There's one from the Ninth Circuit. There's one from the Seventh Circuit. There's one from the Fifth Circuit. You know, there's none from the Eleventh Circuit. <laughs> <laughs> Who's who uh, from the Fifth? My friend? <laughs> uh, no, it's a woman. Oh, no, never. Her name is Her last name is Wood. She's a UT grad. Apparently one of the smartest people in America. Hmm. Apparently an extraordinarily brilliant jurist um, with a brilliant career before she became an, a, a Fifth Circuit judge. Just rocket science level. Who case. appointed her? Um, appointed by, I think it was Obama in his first term. I think she was the first term Obama appointee. By the way, did you hear, this is what I love about this, Obama has appointed an Eleventh Circuit judge for a confirmation. Abdul Kola who's a district court judge in Alabama. And surprisingly, neither of his home state senators support him's appointment to the 11th Circuit. <laughs> yeah, no racism there. Um, so going back to the issue of Obama appointing these folks, he could really put the Dems in a position to, to um, capitalize on Republican intransigence in a way that is hard to demonstrate today would be very easy to demonstrate by not having a vote, not having... It'll be... Because it's going to be in the press. It'll be in right before the election. Think about this. The Supreme Court goes back to back to their session October 1, a month before the election. Still no... Still the Senate has not voted on a nominee. Think about this. Go to the next step. Let's say the Democrats actually capitalize on this issue. Again, they could screw up a one-man parade, but... Let's say they capitalize on it and they win the Senate. 24 Senate seats, GOP, 10 Senate seats, Democrats. Republicans, six of those seats are in are in states Obama won twice. Okay? So real possibility with an issue like that, that the GOP loses the Senate. When does the Senate get seated per the Constitution? January the 1st. January 2nd. Second. Yeah, 2nd. Second, Happy birthday. Mr. President, happy birthday, David. It'll be, it'll be 55 this year. It's awesome. Soon you can get Social Security. 110. 110. Um, when does the president go into office? Even right. if a GOP guy wins, when does he go into office? 20th. Wow. So if Schumer, who will be the majority leader then, elects to get pull the nuclear option, say filibuster's gone for Supreme Court nominees... They confirm Obama's nominee between January 2nd and January 20th. Bam! Explosion in the GOP's face. Wow. I mean, this, you were right. This is just stupid. If they could have just come out and said, you know, we're going to take a reasoned look at this as we always do and fulfill our constitution, and we may or may not confirm the president, the person the president nominates. We will see who they put up. We will thoroughly vet them and, and, and question them. Really crazy. You see Rubio out there acting like a 13-year-old. No, we're not going to do that. Or, or Cruz. We're going to fill up. Well, Philip, good. Filibuster. Great. That's your right. 
You don't have to vote if you can go ahead and filibuster. That's great, Ted. Or actually, as we're going to start calling him on the show, Rafael Terro Cruz, if that's okay with you. Porque ya sabemos que él habla español, y si habla español, debemos usar, debemos usar su nombre correcto. <laughs> so since David, we are using, since he is now speaking Spanish in GOP debates, we should use his correct and full name, as we are want to hear Barack Hussein Obama. We should definitely hear Rafael Teodoro Cruz as well. Let's take a break here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano, o tiene problemas con inmigración, o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración, conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611, o visítenos al www.immigration.net. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Listen to America's Voice for Energy. I'm Marita Noon, and each week, I'll guide our discussion on a fresh, news-based energy topic, only on America's Web Radio. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio, home to many other super conservative shows that might drive you crazy, but which are fun to listen to. Um, and I'm sure there'll be discussion about who killed Anthony and Scalia. I remain convinced it's Leonard Nimoy who faked his own death and is really the head of the worldwide Illuminati organization. Um, we don't. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't push the conspiracy theory oh about gosh. anything. Oh, my gosh, David. Uh, I can't believe you let me say that on the air. Um, now, as we move forward in political season here, big weekend this weekend in Nevada. Uh, in Nevada, they have the caucuses. <laughs> did you hear Hillary barking like a dog? Yes, I did hear that. Uh, I thought it was actually kind of funny, uh, but also weird. Um, uh, weird. Uh, what can I tell you? She's not my candidate, unless I take one of those polls, which just scares the crap out of me. Uh, here's the thing with Hillary, uh, David, uh, and, and immigration and other issues. Will she be the actual candidate? Now, you remain convinced, David, that there is a, a candidate in the wings waiting to step in to save the Democratic Party from Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. Who would that be? Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe. So Uncle Joe is out there. Um don't know anybody that like the guy. Seems like a super nice guy. Um, put him up against him. What's that? Dumber than dirt. I don't think he's dumb. Uh, I just think he's from a different generation. <laughs> I don't think he's dumb. Uh, I think he gets issues. I, I think he really cares about people. I think he really cares about people. And the big policy issues, he's not a policy wonk. He's not Hillary. Um, he's not even Bernie, thank God. Um, but, uh, you know, you, I, I don't think that's not a dumb thing, David. I, 
I think that's a real possibility. Uh, now, maybe it's this way. This is my. You want to hear my conspiracy theory on your on your theory, which is not a conspiracy theory, but mine is a conspiracy. Obama wants Joe to run for president, but the timing was bad because of his son's death. So he is kind of stringing the investigation along at the FBI until a point where Hillary is beating Bernie, so she diminishes Bernie, but then the hammer drops. May. Hammer drops, okay, right before the nom- right before the, uh, the convention. May. And we, have, we can't go back to Bernie because he's been destroyed by Hillary, maybe even dropped out by then. He's gone. So all we have is Hillary, but Hillary can't be the nominee because she's been indicted. Or she's just so badly damaged by the revelations that she can't be the nominee, and then you've got to have somebody come in. Now, David, there are some people that will then say, Obama's going to nominate himself. <laughs> He's going to let Joe be the president, and then he will be the vice president, and that way he won't be elected to a third term. Joe will then then mysteriously no, I, no, disappear on, no, on a I camping can't trip. Do that either. Oh, he can't do that either? No. Oh, damn, I'm sorry. But he can be vice president, can he? No, no. Oh, man. What well, if we change the Constitution? <laughs> well, he might do that. By executive <laughs> order. <laughs> it's an executive order. That. No. Um, no, he can't. That's... That's uh, no. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna play just what you were saying, the ju- the Supreme Court thing to the hilt. Make Republicans look more foolish than they make themselves, if possible. He puts Biden in, and some other flunky as vice president, and Biden puts Obama up for justice. Supreme Court, man. Supreme Court, baby. Actually, I think it won't be Obama. I think it'll be Michelle. Uh-huh. Now, let me ask. Probably better qualified can, to be a Supreme Court can, justice. Pardon? Probably better qualified to be a Supreme well, Court justice. Well, do you have to have your uh, law license? All you got to do is take a CLE class and you can reactivate it. They're both just inactive law licenses. They just didn't want to pay bar dues and do CLE. That's why no. they're inactive. Yes, David. There's the, you, could, you can actually go to the Illinois I State have, Bar website. I have. And you will see that it's inactive, and there's no complaints filed. There's nothing against them. A lot of lot of lawyers. I'm inactive. You went to Arizona. My bar license would be inactive. Why? I don't want to pay the bar dues in Arizona, but I also don't want to have to retake the bar when I'm when I want to go back and practice in Arizona if I ever do. So I just pay them 110 bucks a year, and that's my inactive fee. They just cheap. They didn't want. And, and in order to say active. You got to take CLE. Can you imagine the President of the United States sitting in a bankruptcy seminar to keep his CLE active? <laughs> I mean, come on. There, sometimes there's actually is a rational explanation. So they go take a CLE class and their bar license is active again. I wouldn't be surprised if Michelle does that <clears throat> right after she, right after they get out of the White House, or or maybe President Obama. Uh, and uh, but I want to go back to the debate on Saturday night. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch it. But I did get a chance to read the debate and, and, and see some snippets. And David, I got to tell you, um, Trump comes across uh, as really a monumental anal pour. <laughs> um, but apparently, there is a group of Americans who absolutely love that. And that just stuns me. I don't think the man is capable of actually governing a country. I really don't. Uh, and what the, you know, I'll tell you what really bothers me about Trump is how he denigrates America. He's done a great job of making people believe that America sucks. America doesn't suck. America is still the greatest country in the world. We still have the best people. 
we still have the best society. We still have the best government. We still have the best of everything, in my opinion. And the fact that he thinks that America sucks, how does he explain then his success? Well, even though America sucks, I'm great. So I'm better than America. How does he explain his, 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 his uh, reality show success? America sucks, uh, but I make it great again. I mean, that's what really bothers me. His message is so negative. And it, 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 it appeals to the basest human instincts. You know, other people who have done that have gone on to win their gov- country's elections. Hugo Chavez, Fidel Castro, Hitler, Mussolini. You know, they appeal to the basest instincts, talk down the country, and say, I'm going to fix everything. How's that work? How can you point to me to any other politician in the world or in U.S. history who has campaigned on a negative theme who then was able to change everything and make everything great again? Can you? You can't. You know why? Because it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen that way. You want to create, you want to make America terrible by saying how terrible it is? It's not going to get better just because you get elected. It's just not going to happen. And I still remain convinced that other than Jeb, nobody goes after this guy. I mean, even even Cruz with his trumpeter crap. He doesn't go after this. This guy is not a good person. He is just not. He has done terrible things to people. Why isn't the press digging this stuff up? Why aren't they talking about it? Instead, you had the two Latinos, and this is hilarious to have Rubio challenge Cruz. He don't even speak Spanish. And then Cruz, in what could possibly be some of the worst Spanish I have ever heard from a first-generation Latino, responded him with this really poorly conjugated Cuban accent in Spanish that was very difficult to understand. Um, so it's clear, although we've never had Rafael talk about his Spanish before, apparently he does at least speak some Spanish. Um, but you have uh, Marco, who does speak, I mean, not great Spanish. Spanish isn't great either, by the way. Uh, uh, certainly not native level. He can speak. I, mean, I wonder if he can write or, or read very well in the language. Uh, he, I think he has a hard time formulating complicated ideas in the language. Uh, Arguing about who's worse on immigration. You want an amnesty. No, no, you want an amnesty. No, I hate amnesty. I hate amnesty too, but I hate amnesty more than you do. No way. You can't hate amnesty more than I do because I hate amnesty with every fiber of my being. Well, not only that, I hate amnesty with every fiber of the universe's being, so I hate amnesty more than you do. Those are the two Latino candidates talking about it. I bet you Trump's up there going, <laughs> you guys are morons. You guys are morons. Uh, he comes out and talks about how he hates Mexicans so much and thinks they're all rapists. And... Then you got the two Latinos on the stage saying how embassy is terrible for everybody. I think Reagan's rolling over in his grave. I think he's rolling over his grave talking about it. Um, so the only piece you have up there that's talking any common sense are Bush or Kasich. They're the only two guys talking about everything in a common sense issue. Um, and, uh, you know, Bush talked about this. He said this, The great majority of people that come to this country come because they have no other choice. These are people coming to provide for their families. We show a little more respect for the fact that they're struggling. Bush said he would control the border and create policies that allow officials to pick who comes to our country and stress he would, did not support and let people enter without authorization. They want to provide for the family. That means it's right. Um, so, I, I mean, his, he comes from a, a, a world of experience on this. 
Uh, I'm sure he's got relatives at some point that came illegally. I don't, I don't doubt that Bush has relatives here illegally. Do you, I mean, it's probably true, right? He's married to a Mexican woman. He's probably got some second cousin that came to the U.S. illegally. Just like like Obama's aunts. I mean, I'm sorry I haven't dug these people up yet. Obama's aunt and uncle that were here illegally in the United States. I mean, you've got relatives that do stuff you can't control. You don't control your relatives, do you, David? You don't even get to pick your relatives, do you? Um, so I'm sure there's people here. But what I like about it, he comes from a, a position not necessarily of compassion, but of understanding. But here's the thing they're all falling short of. They're not talking about the real problem on the border. The real problem on the border is not necessarily illegal immigration, but the ability to control the flow. And you can't control the flow unless you have a legal immigration system that actually works. So we'll see what happens going forward, David. I'm really interested to see after this Tuesday. The South Carolina is Tuesday, next Tuesday, right? Saturday. It's, oh, South Carolina is Saturday as well. So the Nevada caucus is Saturday? When is the Nevada caucus? It's Saturday as well, right? I, I don't know. Or is that Tuesday? It's it's confusing Maybe to me which Tuesday. one which one is which. South Carolina is because uh, the, the Republicans don't have a Nevada caucus, right? Right. There's no Nevada for Republicans. They've, theirs is later in the year for Republicans. So you've got Hillary and Bernie. Maybe it's on Tuesday, and and South Carolina is Saturday. So we'll talk next Tuesday about the South Carolina outcome. Interesting thing about Bush. Apparently, he's canceled. His pack has canceled Georgia ad buys for next week. Really? Yeah. You know, that's a sign that he's going to be dropping out. If they're, drop, if, they're, if they're canceling ad buys, they must be getting some real, real bad vibes from the polls. But Kasich, on the other hand, is actually growing his organization in Georgia. Kasich doesn't need to drop out. He doesn't, he's not really that worried about money. I think his thing is he's going to try to stay in as long as possible to be the last mainstream guy standing. Uh, and we'll see if some of that Bush money flows to Kasich, who's the last reasonable guy in the race, uh, or whether it goes over to Rubio uh, as, as the golden boy. Um, but I saw some numbers out of South Carolina that put head-to-head Trump with everybody. And Trump routinely, be, close as he's with his Rubio, is like 45-44. With Cruz, he's like 48-45. Uh, and with Bush, he's 50-40. So Bush gets the weakest support in a state in which his family supposedly has the strongest support. Uh, and I think part of that is there's a real anti-immigration bias in South Carolina, particularly among the Republicans. And you're not going to get a lot of support from people by talking calmly about uh, uh, about this issue. So they would probably uh, will see some real interesting dropouts next by next Tuesday. Probably next Sunday we'll see who else is out of the race. We'll be down to either three or four key candidates uh, next Tuesday, and we'll have a better idea about uh, who's going to be the GOP nominee. Uh, Trump still would stun me, David. I'd still be absolutely stunned if Trump is that nominee. And on the immigration issue, I think Hillary eats him up and spits him out. When we come back from our break, I want to talk about immigration from the Democratic point of view and where Bernie is on this issue, and where Bernie has been on this issue. Uh, Bernie has not been good on immigration in his history and is not necessarily a good candidate for anybody interested in immigration reform um, because he sees immigration through a prism of a have and have not. And I know, David, you kind of view Bernie as that, that kind of guy as well. Let's take a break here on Immigration Now on America's Web Radio. We'll be back with our last segment. 
Soy Charles Cook, el jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet. www.immigration.net Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verifying your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200, or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. David, welcome back to the last uh, segment here on the Immigration Hour. Dave, we have talked over the years about um, chicken processing, haven't we, um, on immigration, and how... Uh, the wave of immigrants, both documented and undocumented, to Gainesville, Georgia, and other parts of Georgia and the South, have literally saved the chicken processing industry. We, we said that out loud, right? Well, apparently the USDA has now apparently given the green light to four, to, to four chicken processing plants in China, allowing chicken raised and slaughtered in the U.S., to be exported to China for processing and then shipped back and sold in grocery shelves here. Wow. David, you're going to keep eating chicken? <laughs> Just those that grow in your backyard. I, I, I mean, I agree, really. Would you eat chicken that's been processed overseas and come back? So, again, immigration, a key part of this. If we had sufficient labor in the United States for chicken processing, we would not be sending this stuff over to China for processing. For, I mean, this is just stunning to me. That uh, we would allow uh, allow this to happen, um, it's it, it just stunning to me. It's just stunning to me, uh, uh, and uh, I may have to stop eating chicken, David. It's just gonna, it's just going to be just going to be that simple. Just that that simple. Just that simple. Uh, now we were talking about Bernie a little bit a few seconds ago, and uh, about um, uh, where he is on immigration. Now I've got some friends that are huge Bernie supporters, and Marty, if you're listening to this, you know I'm. I don't mean to insult your candidate here, but you know he has sucked on immigration over the years. He really has, because he views immigrants and immigration as competing for jobs. So he is no better than the know nothings on this. Immigrants don't compete for jobs. Immigrants create jobs. Immigrants fill jobs that Americans can't or simply will not do. But immigrants don't take jobs. There's the idea, and this is a Bernie idea, and maybe, Dave, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, 
Um, is there a limited number of jobs in America or that America will ever have? No, of course not. The pie for jobs grows every single day as long as you have a growing and increasing population. Now, if you have a stagnant or shrinking population, then jobs disappear every single day. And as a result, you have higher competition for jobs. So increasing population does not shrink jobs. It creates additional jobs. But Bernie doesn't see it that way and never has seen it that way. And he can come out now and say he's for this and he's for that. But we need to look at this man's track record. Besides the fact that he's never done anything in the Senate or the House. I mean, ever. Nor has he ever done anything, period. Well, apparently he was a decent mayor, but that doesn't take much in Burlington, Vermont. Um, and uh, I, I just think uh, that Bernie, and I'm a, I don't have a shield for Hillary here, I think Hillary's got such huge downsides that she lives on the side of a cliff. Uh, but Bernie, talk about a guy who Trump could beat. Think about this. You're going to have a narcissistic, capitalist, crazy man go against a, a communist. Really? I'm not a communist. I'm a socialist. Oh, sorry. I didn't. I confuse those two things all the time. A democratic socialist. That's what America's come to? Really? David, this could be the biggest disastrous presidential election in in American history. Tippecanoe and Tyler too. I mean, this could be crazy. Why don't we just resurrect Andrew Jackson and bring him back? Well, the, the problem, as I see it, you've got you've got people over here knowledgeable that will vote for whatever reason, but then where the, the big problem is, is you've got the 52% that will vote and have no clue about the conditions of anything. Right. And they will elect the next president. That's why That's why I keep saying Joe will be the perfect candidate. Um, I think it could be very, very important. Very, very important. Um, looking at, um, uh, at Bernie here um, and the immigration issue I, I think he the reason he's not really clicking with uh, with a lot of Latinos uh, is that most Latinos aren't democratic socialists particularly first generation or new immigrants they've come from countries like that they've fled countries like that and for him uh, to, to say they'll support him I, I, I just don't see that I just don't see that, David. I, uh, Hillary's position on this is is much more right than uh, 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 than, than Obama's on this. Um, but at the same time, it's probably more center than any other candidate besides uh, uh, Bush or Kasich, who I think really kind of reflect as the sensible center of American politics on this issue. Um, David, maybe I should just run. What do you think? Should I? Charles, even though you and I disagree on a couple of things, I'd even vote for you. You know, I can make you my vice president. No? I don't want to be You don't want to vice president. <laughs> I can't be David, numero you'd be no. great at funerals. I've seen you at funerals. I mean, you'd be terrific. A little, little tear, a little... Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I carry my onion with me. <laughs> like Obama. Oh. I... I so, you know, that, this is a sad thing. Uh, we haven't endorsed anyone as a station, and I, I can't 
bring myself to anybody. Uh, and uh, this is sad. We've got brilliant people in the United States. Oh, yeah. And I mean, they're, they're too damn smart to want to run for... Well, isn't that really the problem? President. They're too smart. I mean, I, I, mean, I, like, I think Bush is smart. I think Kasich is smart. Um, uh, I think Ted Cruz is scary smart, but it's also scary. Um, and yeah. uh, he... And again, I go back to the same thing I said before. If nobody personally likes him, wherever he's been, nobody actually likes him, how can you be effective president? My, as I think I mentioned uh, last time you were here, my wife is, yeah, I wouldn't say apolitical, but she doesn't get quite as involved. She's not you and I is what she said. Yeah, but she can't stand to have Cruz on in our family room. Oh, uh, yeah, I, good for her. You know? Good for her. Um, good for her. Maybe it's the way he f- speaks. Well, she doesn't like that. She doesn't like looking at him. She thinks he's a greaseball. And, um, he's the know. Martin Shrikelli of American politics today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she, she, and, and I respect her opinion in that uh, I wouldn't, I never have liked him per se, but he said a few right things a while back. But since then, it's uh, no, I, I, there's nobody. Uh, Kasich would probably come the closest. I, I, I do, I do uh, recognize and appreciate what he's done in Ohio. It's been Ohio remarkable, actually. Was, uh, pardon? It's, done, it's remarkable what he's done in Ohio. Yeah, remarkable. I mean, it was at oh, it's the horrible. bottom. Oh, yeah, clearly at the bottom. So you can't help but uh, respect what he's done there. And nobody else has, I mean, he has done it. Uh, Bush, I, I, I don't think Bush wants to win. I don't think he ever wants to I, win. You know, I, I don't disagree with you. He, I mean, he, he kind of wants to do it. But I don't think he wants to do it. You know, there's, there's a certain level. You have to have this massive amount of self-confidence, almost to the level of narcissism in some ways, to be president of the United States. And I just don't see that in Bush, uh, in Jeb. Uh, I just, it's just not, in, it's not the Bush way. Um, the Bushes, from really both of them, all three of them, are from a different time. They're from a different time. And uh, he just doesn't seem to really want it. And I think the people of South Carolina kind of see that. In, in a poll that came out on Saturday... This is before the debate. Um, Bush was uh, tied for last with Ben Carson. Is Ben Carson still in the race? Was he even at the debate the other night? <laughs> they Did just he, haven't waked him up yet. Yeah, I mean, just you know. So Kasich was fourth. I think Kasich will pull fourth in the in in the uh, in the in the primary on Saturday, and then and then they'll have a really interesting move forward. Now, Donald Trump. I got to tell you one last thing on the Trumpster. Um, he is pulling up his agreement with the RNC. Uh, and accusing Ted Cruz of lying and demanding that Ted Cruz apologize. I, I don't know, I'm not sure exactly about what. Maybe insulting his sister, who knows, who knows what. Um, and that if he doesn't apologize, then the agreement that he signed with the RNC is void. Now, this speaks volumes to me. Here's why, David. This is Trump saying, I don't really want to be, what the, what's going on? Why are you, I don't want to be president. I can't afford to be president. I don't want to die an old man had been president of the United States, and I don't want that kind of responsibility. I just wanted to run for president and build my brand. I just certainly didn't want to do it. How do I get out of this? Oh, I'm going to have to run as a third party because I know I can't win as a third party. Um, I can give the election to, to the Democrats, who I'm really Democrat anyway. So uh, I'll, what I'll do is I'll, I'll sign this agreement, and then I'll find a way to break the agreement. It's really the Republicans' fault. He found one now that Ted Cruz is supposedly lying about him and won't apologize about something. 
So I think watch for maybe in the next few next few weeks, uh, maybe after the South primaries, maybe after the North primaries, uh, Trump saying, you know what, this GOP thing, you, you guys lie about me all the time, you mistreat me, you're terrible people, I'm going to run as an independent. There you go. Election's uh, over. Bloomberg going to be his uh, vice president? Hillary Hillary can start the process. I don't think they're buddies. I don't think him and him and Bloomberg are buddies, by the way. I read an article about that. Um, you can just Hillary can start ordering her dress for the inauguration at that point because she, she will win in a landslide. And her, and her jewelry known as handcuffs. <laughs> David, you got to get used to saying La Presidenta Clinton, and it, it just rolls off your tongue after a while. And as you, as you say that, it becomes more natural for you. Um, uh, you haven't bought a plane flight to New Zealand in case Hillary wins, ha- wins have you? I'm making, I'm making no wild things that I'm leaving the country. Good, because you shouldn't. Whatever. A president doesn't but, change the country. Congress changes the country. Well, this is Congress? why the lack of our effective Congress. I blame Congress, Congress for everything. Congress's fault. When they don't act in a rational way, when they live by... Uh, a, a, a book, a rule, of, a book of rules that allows for no compromise. Then everything bad that happens as a result is their fault. Period. End of story. Life is full of compromises. Life is full of negotiations. And when you refuse to do that, you are not standing by your principles. You, in fact, are a coward. Uh, David, on that very happy note. Uh, I'm going to despedir nos for this week, uh, uh, y, y, and perhaps we can get Rafael de la Cruz uh, on our show to talk in Spanish. Well, maybe you could reach out to his people, see, tell him we'd like to host him in Spanish. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but until next week, let's have a wonderful week. Let's look at the politics. With, uh, if you're in South Carolina, vote. Vote for Kasich or Bush if you can. Uh, and uh, we will see you uh, next Tuesday on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.